This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Alvin Pendarvis coming out once again, bringing you the gospel as it is and to men as they are. And we're looking at uh, blood redemption and divine healing. And uh, these, these, these messages have been gracious to me, and I believe they have to many of you. I get many calls and letters and emails from folks. And let me mention that all of these messages are on CD. On this series of messages on divine healing, true and false, I'm not sure how many CDs they are, probably a couple of dozen. But uh, you write me if you'd like to have them. I'll make you a special price on the whole package. We're looking at divine healing, true and false, and we're looking at blood redemption and divine healing. We were were looking there in our last study how that the blood was sprinkled on the doorpost there on every home in Egypt, in Goshen, there where the Jews was. Did you ever think? Do you like to just think, my friend, over there in the other part of Egypt, Goshen was a part of Egypt where Pharaoh had given to Jacob as his own land there for all those years, 400 and some years. And uh, But over there in the rest of Egypt, uh, the blood was not sprinkled on those doors. No, the blood wasn't sprinkled. But he had told Moses to have the people catch up a lamb, kill it, and catch the blood and sprinkle it on the doorpost. So they took the lamb of the firstborn on the first day of April, and the evening they slew that lamb and put the blood in the basin, sprinkled it. The firstborn of that home was behind the blood. I like to call it under the blood. We sang that song, under the blood, under the blood of Jesus, safe in the shepherd's fold. Under the blood of Jesus, safe though the ages roll. Listen. That firstborn wasn't sick. He wasn't sick, no. He was under condemnation. My friend, you're under condemnation if you don't have uh, the blood sprinkled upon your heart. Listen, that uh, those individuals weren't sick. They didn't have any dreaded disease. They were under the sentence of death, just like you and I. The Bible says, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die and after the judgment. That individual, those individuals there in the land of Goshen, they were under condemnation. They didn't have cancer, no. They were just under condemnation, sentenced to die, waiting the sentence of death, if not pardoned. Just like you are waiting, my friend. Sinner friend, unsaved individual, you, you're not, you, you, you've already, you, you, if, my friend, if you're not saved, you're already under condemnation. You're just living on a reprieve. Now it's just, you've just been, been put off for a little while. But listen, listen, it was the blood that made the difference. I like that, don't you? Don't you like that, folks? The blood makes a difference. The blood on the doorpost made all the difference in the world. And my friend, that, that child, that baby there, the firstborn in that family, whether it was a grown man or a grown woman, was under the sentence of death. Not diseased. His body was not diseased, but he was under the sentence of death. And I want to tell you something. You are under the center, sentence of death, sinner. You're condemned to die, and you're only on a reprieve now. You're under the sentence of death. And the wrath of God abideth on your soul. Now, they tell me, one of the European countries, I'm not sure which one it was back there years ago, when a man was sentenced to die, they didn't tell him when his sentence would be carried out. He locked him up in the cell, awaiting waiting a judgment, waiting the day of sentence. And every time the jailer would walk down that hall, 
He didn't know for sure, but what it was coming for him. It added to their punishment. It's what it did. They did it on purpose. But listen, same it is with you, my friend. If you're not saved, you're already sentenced to death. And upon death, you'll enter into eternity lost on the way to hell, my friend. But listen, they got the wrath of God abideth on. You say, old Trevlezzi, you're just an old cook. You, you're making me, you're, you're scaring me a little bit. I'm not, that's what I want to do. Listen, it's the blood that makes a difference. I'm trying to convince you, as it were, or ask the Holy Spirit to do it, to convince you that the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Are you washed in that blood? The Bible says Christ came to save that which was lost. Christ came to save ungodly folks. We have some sort of a, a, a misconception now in, abroad in our nation uh, that folks have to, to get, get cleaned up to get saved. That's right. That's right. They have to get cleaned up. I know folks who are lopping off sin, one here and one there and one another, and they think, well, when I die now, I'll go on to heaven. But not so. Not if you're not trusting the Lord. Salvation is trusting the Lord. Salvation is knowing Christ, my friend. But listen, I tell you, at this time, it's the blood that makes a difference. I wish you'd flee, flee to the blood of Christ and find a shelter for your soul. Listen to the scripture, what it says. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood upon the lintel, upon the two side posts, the Lord will pass over that door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. It's been described like this. When the death angel came, the Lord, Jesus Christ, held back that stroke. He, he leaped over the door, took that blow that was intended for that firstborn. That's salvation by blood, my friend. The sentence of death was not executed because the lamb had died instead of the firstborn. We saw there in, in Abraham when he went up on Mount Moriah to worship and to take Isaac with him to offering as a, as a burnt offering. He didn't have to slay Isaac because he had been, uh, a ram was caught in the thicket in his place. He had a substitute, just like the old trailblazer. When my time comes to, to go out to meet the Lord, I don't have to go to hell because I have a substitute, one who paid my sin debt. One who paid my sin debt, my friend. Oh, I, I just I just take this minute and tell you this story. I've told it once or twice. Maybe you not won't get bored. Maybe somebody had never heard it. Back there during the Civil War when the soldiers from the North and the South were by, fighting hand to hand, a group of Southern soldiers were captured and were sentenced to die because of some uh, crime, treason, or whatever they had committed. And they were scheduled to be shot by a firing squad, about five or six of them. And in that group was one man who had a wife and five or six children back home down here in South Louisiana somewhere, maybe, Alabama. And this young boy, 18, 19, 20 years old, had no family, had no wife, no family. And he told the sergeant, he said, would, would, you, would you allow me to take old Joe's place? He, he's got a wife and five children down there. And he said, I never heard of such a thing. I can't do that. I can ask the captain. So he asked the captain. And he asked on up the line. And they okayed it. They okayed it. So the morning came. And they still marched them out there in front of the wherever. And they shot them all with a firing squad. They shot them. And it said that man took this young man out there somewhere and buried his body. 
Later on, got that war got over and he went home. He told his children when they got a little older, he said, I want y'all to go back up there to Tennessee with me. I want to tell y'all a story. And they went up there and found that old graveyard. Found that old grave and sunk in. He took his pocket knife and began to clean up the leaves and the brush around that mound of grave back up a little bit. He told them children that story. He said, this young man died for your daddy. He took my place. I was scheduled to be shot. I'd have never seen y'all again. But this young man asked for permission to take my place. And they gave it. So they executed him in my place. Now, my friend, they tell me that's a true story. What a story. That's what the Lord did for the old trailblazer. He took my place. He did. He took my place. I, I should have been I should have been on that cross. I should die for my sin. Oh, what a sinner. That man was guilty. He, he wasn't un, uh, uh, condemned unjustly. No, he was guilty. He was guilty. Just like you and I are guilty. If you're not saved, you're a guilty sinner this morning. Have you ever seen yourself as a sinner? I have folks write me. Maybe you'll do that. And give me a cussing because I call them a sinner. I don't call you a sinner. I said the Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. Not one. Did you, can you get that? Will you let that soak in? The Bible says there in Romans, first two or three chapters, third chapter, I believe, there's none righteous. No, not one. You don't have any, none, not one. You don't have any righteousness, my friend. You, you may be the, the most uh, uh, high, high socialite in your community of women. You might be the most brave individual, macho individual. You don't have any righteousness. You don't have any. You're a sinner. You're a sinner, my friend. You may be wealthy. You may be a bum. You may be a drunkard. You may be a harlot. You may be a socialite, but you're a sinner. All just alike, my friend. And you, did you know what? They used to have an old saying that six foot of ground makes us all just alike. But you know what else will make us all, make you all alike? When you plunge into that eternal furnace where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. I know folks don't want to hear this kind of preaching. I asked my folks in a message lately. I said, would y'all do me one favor? Would y'all turn on the radio at night where you can hear a so-called gospel radio? Or if you watch TV, look at some of the radio preachers. Just watch them. Just listen to them. See what they say. Do they preach Christ? Do they preach the blood? Do they preach that man is a sinner? No. No. They preach a soothe, a soothing syrup gospel that no one gets offended. My friend, if the Bible is offensive, the old trailblazer is offensive. I don't want to be, but the Bible is offensive. When it says the soul that sinneth, it shall die, that means you. That means me. That means you up there in the penthouse. That means you out there in the, in the uh, back house. It means you on the airplane. It means you up there in the, in the, in the uh, wherever. It means you, friend. It doesn't, it doesn't exclude you. Well, everybody's a sinner but me. No, that's not true. You're all sinners, and we must have a substitute. We must have a redeemer. We must have a, someone to wash us and cleanse us from all sin. Have you ever been washed in the blood? When the old prodigal son came home, what was the first thing his father did? Put a new robe on him, didn't he? Put that robe on him. Kissed him on the neck and put a new robe on him. Cover up all of that smell of that hog. But the Lord washes us in the blood. 
clean, plumb clean. Do you ever smell a little newborn, a little newborn baby? When they bring him to you there in the hospital, they done washed him up and cleaned him up and put some powder on him in a little little shirt and in in a diaper and bring him to your daddy and hand him to you. And he smells so good. That's what the Lord does. That's how we smell in the Lord's nostrils. We smell like a newborn baby. We do. Oh, but my friend, we go astray. Soon as we be born, speaking lies, old sinner, just an old sinner. But the Lord died to save sinners. Did you know the Lord didn't come to save the righteous? You may be trying to consider yourself a righteous individual. Well, I've been going to church since I was three years old. That don't make no difference. No difference, my friend. Not a bit of difference in the world. You're a sinner unless you've been washed in the blood. And then you're a saved sinner. But the old trailblazer loves you. No matter what you think of the old trailblazer, don't call me and cuss me. Just, just pray for me. Would you do that? And remember my mailing address, the old trailblazer. Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And all these messages are available on CD. If you write me, I'll quote your price on the whole set. And I'll make it on a discounted price for you. Until next time, goodbye and God bless you. Thank you.